Zechariah chapter 4. <clears throat> going to read the entire chapter. Zechariah 4. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me, as a man that is wakened out of his sleep, said unto me, What seest thou? I said, I have looked, and behold a candlestick, all of gold, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So, you know, of course, the candlestick was, was the light to the, to the uh, holy place in the temple, uh, which they were to keep, kept, keep lit continually. What you have in this vision, you have two olive trees by it, which would supply it with oil, so it was a continual flow. That's the idea here. But anyway... So I answered, verse 4, and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Thou knowest now thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro throughout the whole, through the whole earth. Then answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees upon the right side of the candlestick and upon the left side thereof? And I answered again and said unto him, What be these two olive branches, which through the two, the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves? And he answered me and said, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then said he, these are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So the title of the message tonight is, We are small, but our God is great. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that we have to open your precious word. Thank you this time we have to assemble together and to study and encourage and challenge one another in the, in the, in the goodness of our, our God. Father, we pray you should help us to see, um, though we may seem small and insignificant to the world around us, yet uh, nothing is small in, in your eyes. So, so Lord, just pray that you encourage our hearts and strengthen us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Zechariah is contemporary with Haggai and Ezra. Uh, one commentator said that really... Zechariah's prophecy would be somewhere in Ezra's chapter 4, chapter 6, take place somewhere in there. And of course we know that Ezra, that was the time when the, the remnant went back to the land of Israel after the decree of Cyrus. There was like 50,000 went back. So it was a time in Israel of great opposition and discouragement. Only a faithful remnant had responded to the decree of Cyrus and return to the land. 
you know, most of the princes or the noble or wealthier people had stayed in Babylon or Persia where they were prosperous. Uh, so they, so they, this remnant then by the world's standard was small and insignificant. And of course surrounded by those who wanted to keep them that way and use them for their own gain and control. Um, you know, if you go to, if you would read through the book of Ezra, you'll see that. And of course, um, uh, Zechariah and Haggai are are uh, prophesying uh, in opposition to that. So, but as you think about what at this point, this point, the temple foundation has been laid, but the work has been halted. In fact, go to Ezra chapter three, and this is this is really where we find ourselves. It, according to the time period, Ezra chapter 3. Keep your place in Zechariah. We'll be back there. But Ezra chapter 3, uh, verse 8, says, Now in the second year of the, their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, began Zerubbabel, or as we read about Zerubbabel in Zechariah 4, the son of Shilti, and Joshua the son of Josedek. Now Zerubbabel was the governor Joshua, or he's called Joshua in Zechariah 3. Joshua is the high priest, or Joshua, as it's called here. It says, And the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Joshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons and his sons of Judah together, to set forward the workmen in the house of God, the sons of Hanadad, with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord, after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by chorus and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men, that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted for, for joy, aloud for joy. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. But notice chapter 4. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard the children of captivity build the temple of the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel and the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. And we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Asher, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel said unto them, You have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord our God of Israel, as King Cyrus, king of Persia, hath commanded us. So, so here's this, this uh, they wanted you know, to help them, uh, and they said, no, you have nothing to do with it. And then at verse 4 says, Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even unto the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And, of course, you know, chapter 4 and chapter 5 is really just a, talk, a dialogue of letters back and forth until finally... They're commanded to work, they cease to work completely, 
Verse 23 of chapter 4 says, Now when the copy of King Xerxes was read before Rehum and Shimshai the scribe and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem on the Jews and made them cease by force and power. Then ceased the work of the house of God which is in Jerusalem. So it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So, you know, really, so, the, so they had the foundation laid and then they had this opposition. Of course, first thing that happened is the world wanted to have their part in it, compromise the work of God, and they refused that. Since they refused it, they said, well, we're going to stop it then. And that's what they, what, what they did. Well, that brings us to Zechariah chapter 4. Still, at this point, the only thing that's finished in the temple is still the foundation. And so Zechariah is prophesying. By the way, this Zechariah is believed to be the same Zechariah Jesus spoke of in Luke, I think it's Luke 21, where it says that they slew him between the altar at the temple. Um, so evidently he was martyred. But, but anyway, so here we have it. Uh, and, 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 and there is, you know, in this chapter, there's an application uh, here for that day, but there's also a prophetic one. Uh, some of this is, looks forward as much of the Old Testament prophets does, to the coming of Christ when he will be the king and priest. But I believe there's also an application for us. That's what we're going to look at tonight. First of all, we are to be light bearers. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me, as a man that is waked out of his sleep. And he said unto me, What seest thou? And I said, I have, I have looked, and behold a candlestick all of gold with a bowl upon the top of it. And his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and the other upon the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying. So, so, in the, and again, the immediate context here would be to Zerubbabel and, I believe, Joshua. Uh, you know, he, he asked who these two olive trees were. Now, olive tree is quite significant uh, in the land of Israel, especially, in fact, Israel is typified in the New Testament as an olive tree. Uh, it's where they got their oil for lamps and, and things like that. Uh, speaks of anointing and so on, but... But, uh, and the, but the olive trees were the ones, that's from where the oil was to come from. That was the supply of oil. They were the suppliers. And, and so I believe when he speaks to the olive tree, in fact, he, he asks this three times, who are these? In fact, in verse 11, it says, Then I answered I and said unto him, What are these two olive trees? Again, verse 12, What be these two olive branches, which through the two golden pipes empty the golden oil out of themselves. So, so the picture was that there was, there was, this, there was the, the lampstand, that was it's called, it was in the Holy of Holies, and, uh, which gave light into the holy place. Uh, but, but you have an olive tree, one on the right hand, one on the left hand, with a pipe running from the tree directly to the lamp. So I believe the immediate context here, the olive trees are Joshua and Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel here is instructed to finish the house of the Lord. 
And it's through the house of the Lord that Israel was a light to the world. You see, it was at the temple where true worship of God was to take place in the Old Testament. It was a testimony for the Lord. And so he was, he was the one responsible, he was the governor, to finish the house of the Lord. But Joshua, and if you turn back to chapter 3, Joshua the high priest here, and I won't read all this for sake of time, but, but uh, uh, in verse 3 it says, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away thy filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. And I said, let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt walk in my ways, and if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my courts, and I will give thee places to walk among these that stand by. So, and then it goes on and talks about the branch. And I believe a branch is a further reference to the Lord Jesus Christ in his second coming. But, but, but particularly the, the immediate context is here that Joshua, the high priest, is being prepared or has been prepared to be the high priest in the finished temple. So they were the, they were the light bearers, you might say, uh, to the lamp, to the light. And of course, if you come to the New Testament, you know, it is the church that is the candlestick. You know, Revelation 20, the church is called a what? A candlestick. In fact, he talks about the seven candlesticks and in the, in the, in the seven stars. Uh, and, and, and so we are, in a sense, are the olive trees. We are the instrument God desires to use to bear the light of the gospel to a lost and dying world. And so we must be living, fruitful olive trees. Of course, oil speaks of what in the New Testament? What's the type? Oil type of? The Holy Spirit. Um, in Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. In the parable of the ten virgins... In Matthew 25, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, virgins, who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them are wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said of the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said to them, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. You know, be, Jesus said in Matthew 7, there'll be many that say to me, Lord, Lord. And then he's going to say, I know you not. Romans 8, 9 says, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can't get it from somebody else. 
You know, it says go and buy of yourselves. You have to buy the truth and sell it not. And so, oil, the oil here speaks of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, and so, it's, and it's the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God dwells in us. That's where He resides in the world today. He dwells in us. In John chapter 16, Jesus said, When the Comforter has come, He will reprove the world, um, he will approve the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And of course, he said, I will send him unto you. And of course, you know, we know that Romans tells us again, the Spirit of God dwells in us. So Zerubbabel and Joshua, you might say, were channels through which the oil flowed to the light and gave light into the holy place. And we are to be channels through which the gospel should shine unto the world. Matthew 5.14, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill uh, cannot be hid. Ephesians 5.8, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.5, Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. 1 Peter 2.9, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And of course in Philippians 2.15 he said that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You see, we ought to be light bearers, giving forth the light of the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The true way of worship to holy and righteous God. Secondly, we see here from Zechariah that we must trust or depend on the power of God. We must trust and depend upon the power of God. Verses 6 through 9 he says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Who art thou? Notice, who? He doesn't say what. He says who. And I believe he's making direct reference to the adversaries that Ezra describes. He's not talking about a place. He's talking about a who. Who art thou, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. And he shall bring forth the headstone. The headstone, of course, is the, the finished stone. It speaks of, the, of a finished product. It's the last stone that would be put on the temple, and then it would be finished. He said, Before Zerubbabel, thou shalt become plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone there with shoutings, crying, Grace, grace, unto it. More of the Lord, word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house, and his hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. See, we must trust and depend upon the power of God. It's not by physical strength. It's not by might or our intellect or our wisdom. Or it's not by power. It's not by the armies of this world or the multitudes or a crowd we could gather, a force or a worldly authority. No, he said it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, 
keep your place here and go back to Ezra chapter 5. Ezra chapter 5. So, so told you to keep your finger there. Now, what is it, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What's it mean to be filled with the Spirit? The Spirit led, which means obedience to the Word of God. Okay, that's really what it is. It's just, it's just being obedient to the, Lord, to the Word of the Lord. Spirit, God always leads us according to His Word. So it, it would, the, re, the response would be obedience to the Word of the Lord. Look at Ezra chapter 5. So the work has ceased, and, and, and he told Zechariah, it's not by might, it's nor by power, but it's by my Spirit. Ezra 5, then the prophets, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo, that's who we're, the book we're in here, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shealti, he's the governor, Jeshua, he's the high priest, the son of Josedach, began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. At the same time came to them Tatnai, governor on this side, the river, and Shathar Bosnai, and their companions, and said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house, and to make up this wall? Then said we unto them, after this manner, What are the names of the men that make this building? But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Darius, and then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. Now, you know, they had caused by letters to work to cease. They had not received a letter saying, you could start. What simply happened was, Haggai and Zechariah stood up and said, look, God's commanded you to build this house, now get to it. And they did. They just obeyed the word of the Lord. They had no word from the governor, nor word from the from the king that they were allowed to resume the building. They just said, the Lord said that we were to build this house, and they started building. They simply obeyed the word of the Lord. They started building, and they refused to stop, although they were pressured to. That's what it is to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They obeyed the Lord no matter what. They refused to stop. You know, in Acts chapter 14, verse 22, Paul said this, confirming the souls, they did, this is what they did, confirming the souls of disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must through much tribulation, pressure, hardship, tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, Colossians 1, 10 and 11. Paul writes to the church of Colossae, he said, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Strengthened with the might of God, the Spirit of God. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, again, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And so, they just simply, in obedience to the prophets, prophesying, preaching the word of God, they just simply, hey, let's get back to work. Let's do what God says. 
We're to take his word above theirs. That's what we're to do. We're to take his word above any others. And that's really what it means to be, you see, that was, they, were, they did that by the Spirit of God. That's what it really means to be filled with the Spirit. And we notice then that God removed their mountain. And again, this mountain, it says who and thou. I believe he's referring to people. I believe he's talking about a real, literal mountain. Uh, you know, Jesus, when in Mark chapter 12, I think it is, he talked about, you can pray unto this mountain, be thou removed, and it shall be cast. I don't think he was saying that you ought to, you know, practice your prayers by throwing mountains into the sea. No, but we all should pray that God would remove adversaries. Remove what seem like roadblocks to the Lord working in our life and in the lives of the others. And, and we see here that God removed their mountain. Their obstacles were neutralized. Um, look at Ezra chapter 6, verse 7. Ezra 6, verse 7. It says, and now, you know, again, so these governors, they never stopped working. But these, these two governors uh, sent letters back to Darius and said, you know, let search be made. So there was search made. And this is what Darius says in response. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree that what ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. And that which they have need of, both young bullocks and rams and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the appointment of the priests which are at Jerusalem, that it be given them day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savors unto the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons. Also I made, made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word, let timber be pulled down from his house, being set up, let him be hanged thereon. Let his house be made a dunghill for this. And the God that hath caused his name to dwell there destroy all kings and people that shall put to their hand to alter and to destroy this house of God which is at Jerusalem. I, Darius, have made a decree. Let it be done with speed. Now, you see, God removed their mountain simply because they obeyed the Lord. God prospered their obedience with a letter from the king. And you see, they had simply acted on the promise that God gave. God gave. Uh, in verses 8 through 9 of Zechariah 4 again, he says, And more of the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also finish it. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts hath sent me unto you. See, God gave a promise that Zerubbabel laid the foundation and he was going to finish the house. You know, when God starts something, he does finish it. You know, Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, speaking of Abraham in, in Romans 4, 21, it says, In being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, when God makes a promise, 
He can fulfill it. What he needs are willing vessels who will be obedient to carry out the promise he has given. So, so we see here we must trust and depend upon the power of the Spirit of God. Thirdly, we are to consider the greatness of God, not our insignificance. Verse 10. For who hath despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice and see the plummet in the hand of Zerubbabel. You know, of course, a plummet is a building tool. With those seven, they are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. So, so we are to consider the greatness of God, not our insignificant, insignificance. You know, the word despise means to hold in contempt or hold as insignificant. And, of course, the word small, uh, Strong's definition was diminutive, diminutive, which means small, little, or tiny. And, and to everyone else around, here's these 50,000 Jews trying to rebuild the temple and rebuild Jerusalem. And to everyone else around them, all the nations around them, and uh, the countries around them, they were, of course, all in allegiance to, to Persia. They were all taken over by Persia. But to everyone else, they were just nothing. They were just a spot. By the way, Israel still is. What Israel's, Israel's about the size of the state of Georgia. With the enemies all around them. A lot bigger than they are. You know, the word small here is used... Some other places, for example, David was the youngest. That's the word. He's the youngest, the little, littlest. Um, Hadad fled. First Kings eleven seventeen. Hadad fled. He and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him to go into Egypt. Hadad being yet a little child. And when Elijah came to the the woman at Zarephath, he said, "Make me a little cake first. She was small. When, it, when Elijah prayed and, the, and a little, the Bible says a little cloud about the size of a man's hand appeared. Just little. You see, may, we may be little. But that doesn't mean we're not important to the Lord. You know, we must keep our eyes on the Lord, not on ourselves. You know, the guy came yesterday to to uh, inspect the well from the state. And he asked me how many, he said the last time I was here, there was, there, it said uh, your, uh, I didn't even think he called it population, <laughs> uh, was 60. And I said, well, it's about 30 now. And you know, do you ever get this feeling that we're not very big? Are we making a difference? And, and that's the impression, I think, that the Jews felt. We're just little. We're just insignificant. Well, the Lord says to Zechariah, don't despise small things. 
After all, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth. You know, he is the Lord of hosts. You know, God uses, many times God has greatly used small things. Uh, in, in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, so just several illustrations of this, 2 Chronicles chapter 14, uh, Asa had a huge host come against him. In verse 11 it says, And they burn unto the Lord every morning. I'm sorry. Uh, verse 11. And Asa cried on the Lord his God. That's 2 Chronicles 14, 11. Asa cried on the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. In thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. And of course, he slew, they slew this huge host. Um, and then in Zechariah, or Second uh, Chronicles thirty-two, again, uh, Hezekiah, when Sennacherib came against him, Hezekiah told the people, "says Be strong and courageous." Second Chronicles thirty-two seven. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude was with him. For there be more with us than with him. With him is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And of course, you know, you come over to the New Testament, Jesus set, fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. In Acts chapter 19, you have the account of Paul at Ephesus. And you remember the whole city was set in an uproar because of Demetrius and the silversmiths. They all rose up. You know, they were confused. Some of them, a lot of them didn't even know what they were rising up for. But it was a, but it was a, a huge riot. It was all in opposition against Paul and the Christians. But which of the churches of the seven in Revelation is one of the strongest? Ephesus. Ephesus. Timothy pastored there. And it's believed that Demetrius, or not Demetrius, not um, Onesimus pastored there then later. It was one of the strongest of the seven churches in Revelation. And it was where there was the most opposition to the gospel. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I hope this is an encouragement to you. It was an encouragement to me. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 12 says... Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, the word sort has the idea of quality or kind. He didn't say what size. He said what? 
what sort? You know, we may seem small and insignificant. But this little church, along with giving out the gospel here, this helping to send the gospel to Taiwan, Mexico, Russia, Portugal, Greenland, Maine, and the Arctic Canada. You see, don't despise small things or think them insignificant or of little importance. God can use even small things to bring honor and glory to him if we'll just be willing to be used. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the encouragement that we find in it. And Lord, we can relate in some ways to these Old Testament saints. Father, help us not to be discouraged. Help us to be encouraged, just to be faithful. Continue to give out the gospel to glorify you in our daily lives and through the ministry here at Lighthouse Baptist Church. Thank you for what you've allowed us to do. Just continue to use us in the days ahead to bring glory to thee, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.